Glory to Jesus Christ. We welcome Father Michael Bezritska. For those of you who don't know him, Father Michael is a former parishioner here. He was raised in his parish, and he is now the pastor of St. Anne's in San Luis Obispo in California. So welcome home, Father Michael. Nice to have him here. We have come through quite an experience. It started with the week of cheese fair and the week of meat fair and then the whole of the 40 days and then Holy Week and Pascha and the Ascension and Pentecost. And yesterday we said goodbye to Pentecost and we've come to an end of the Easter season. I put in my green Pentecostorian back on the shelf until next year. Oftentimes, these past few weeks, I've been looking at the plashenitsa of our Lord, our Lord's burial shroud, and thinking, gosh, Lord, it was just a few weeks ago, it seems, that I took you off the wall, and we put you into the tomb, and then we took you when you rose from the dead onto the holy table, and then when you ascended, I had to put you back up in the wall. Time has just been flying by. But liturgically, so much has happened, so rich, that the point of it all, the whole reason we all, it all happened is what we're celebrating this Sunday, the Sunday of all saints. It's the fruit of everything. It's the reason the Holy Spirit came. But for the Holy Spirit to come, our Lord had to do everything He did before he could send the Spirit. I have been reading the lives of the saints in the Eastern Santoral Cycle, the Eastern Cycle of the Saints, for over 25 years now. I'm starting to get to know them pretty well. And I'm always amazed at how these, mar these men, these women, do such marvelous works. Do you remember on the the fifth Sunday of the great fast it was the Sunday of St. Mary of Egypt, a woman who journeyed 21 days in the course of one day, a 21-day journey she did in one day. And when she got to the Jordan River, she just glided across it. We read about saints who, who heal the sick, raise the dead, perform amazing feats of fasting, of asceticism. They're standing on pillars for months and years on end, trying to get away all, put away all worldly cares, all worldly things, all passions, so they could focus on their relationship with Christ. What zeal they had. But when you read the ones that are more striking, the ones that take up more of the page, on any particular saint, for the most part, is not the great these feats they did of these miracles, but of their sufferings, of their struggles, of their challenges. My goodness, you hear about mothers who are telling their little children, be brave during because they're being tortured in front of her. Just be brave. It's only for a little bit more. Be brave. They endured such hardships, 
such persecutions, such pain and agony before they were released from it through death. What is it that allowed these great heroic feats of healing and and all these things, raising the dead, as well as being able to endure all kinds of suffering and torments? It was their faith, a concrete faith in the person of Jesus Christ, who he is, what he came to do, and what it means for their lives. They were unwavering in that faith. They were unyielding in what they believed. They took St. Paul's words to heart. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for. The conviction. The concrete conviction of things unseen. They may have not walked with Jesus in Galilee, but they were absolutely convinced he existed, and he did, and he's still alive, and he's a particular part of their lives. They lived lives of heroic faith. Despite the obstacles that happened, they endured. Because they knew that this world was not the end. It was merely a preparation for the beginning of the true life. But what about us? What about our faith and the times that we live in? I'd like to read to you from one of the Abbas, an Egyptian hermit who lived in the 4th century. And sometimes when you read in the lives of the saints or the, the saints of the desert fathers or even read about Abba Paisius of Mount Athos, they'll tell you a little glimpse about the future. Just tiny little snippets. Not too much. But just a little something. This is what Abba Iscarion says. The Holy Fathers were making predictions about the last generation. They said, we have our, what have we ourselves done? One of them, the great Abba Iscarion, replied, we ourselves have fulfilled the commandments of God. The others replied, and those who come after us, what will they do? They will struggle to achieve half our works. They said, and to those who come after them, what will happen? The men of that generation will not accomplish any works at all, and temptation will come upon them. And those who are approved in that day will be greater than neither us or our fathers who raised the dead. In our world today, you and I will not probably be doing great feats of walking on water. We will not probably be rushing out to the hills to find ourselves a pillar to stand on for a year. We will not be able to fast 40 days on nothing. We might not be able to raise the dead. But on the other side of it, we will have struggles. Challenges in our lives. 
What we are going to experience and are beginning to experience is the fact that what sets up us above is the fact that despite all that's happening, we remain concretely faithful to Jesus Christ. Because we're living in a time where truth is starting to become distorted. It's starting to become gray. And that's how the devil works. He works in the gray area. He starts to lead you a little straight, just a little bit. Oh, just a little bit. Just one iota is all he needs. And before we know it, we're going off in a different direction. What's going to be our sanctity? What's going to be our heroic feat is remaining faithful in the midst of it all. To live our life concretely. Even when we're told by others that we're doing something wrong, we're going in the wrong direction. It's to be true to what we believe and what we profess and who Jesus is and what he means in our lives. This requires great conviction on our part, and we can't do it alone. The same Holy Spirit that filled the lives of the saints that we are celebrating today, the great church triumphant, is the same Holy Spirit that fills the life of each and every one of us. They don't have, didn't have more Jesus or more Holy Spirit than you and I. We have the same. But as what the fathers say, what is lacking is a firm resolve. A firm resolve. This is what's going to be required of us in the years ahead. As we see more and more splintering among our leadership, in the church and outside the church, among the clergy, the faithful. But what will keep us safe is we remain in the boat. I was recently watching a movie about monasticism in one of the monasteries back east. And he was talking about, the abbot was talking about all the things that the monks did. But he says, the one thing that our life centers around is what happens in the chapel. Our whole world revolves around the liturgical life of the church and that chapel. That's what centers them. That's what anchors them. And that is what is absolutely necessary for you and for I if we're to survive if we're to survive and that the faith be intact. Our whole life needs to revolve around this little temple. We gain the strength and the understanding. We go out into the world. We strive and we do our best. And we come back and we become re-strengthened again, reassured again by the hearing of the gospel and the prayers that we pray that Christ is present everywhere and filling all things with the whole, through the power of the Holy Spirit. In this way, we can live our life concretely. Concretely, we won't be distracted by the gray areas. We will see truth as truth because we'll be able to discern the Spirit. This is what the fathers did. This is going to be our heroic feat. Not raising the dead, most likely not walking on water or performing healings of all kinds. 
but just remaining faithful in a time where the whole world is becoming uh, turning against us. Even within our own fold, it's happening. I mean, the church universal, not this little church. Can you live your life concretely in the faith of Jesus Christ? It's easy to come here and do it in the church when we're all surrounded by like-minded people. But boy, once we get outside these doors, it's a different story. Because we come up against great challenges. But if we're to be heroic, if we're to have that saintly life that we're called to, then we need to live it concretely and be utterly convinced of who Jesus is, why He came, what He's done for us, and what it means for my life in this life and the world to come. The fruit of the whole liturgical year is this Sunday of all saints, where we see that our whole life is to be made up, come to this apex where we become sanctified in the life of Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit. But it doesn't happen automatically. It requires our part. Blood, sweat, and tears. But this is our calling. And we have the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us to encourage us, to stand tall next to us. And they're gathered around with us during this divine liturgy that we celebrate this day and every day. The saints are here with us and for us to encourage us and lead us. But they can lead a horse to water, but they can't make it drink. In other words, they can show you and I the way to go, but they can't make us go. We have to choose it ourselves. And then we have to have that conviction of choice. Then we will remain faithful. And we too will be caught up in the cloud of witnesses in the end.